We had a collaboration with some Chinese com uh, Chinese uh, scientists. Here we have a vaccine. What is the problem? Get over it. What we are very proud of now is that we penetrate the cabinets. Seriously, I'm, I'm making a serious point. I don't know what half of them are protesting against. We've still got Fauci walking around free. The man should be in irons in the darkest pit. As much as he touts that he cares about it, he doesn't. This is our revolution. It's not theirs. Don't let them take it from you. Don't let them convince you that it's their revolution when in fact it's not. It's ours. And we will have it. It is Friday, the 16th day of December, the year of our Lord, 2022. I'm Johnny Anderson alongside Bruce Adams and the fan favorite, Lord Marty Foster. Lord Foster, how are you today? I'm very well, but pretty chilly. The little box on my computer is saying it's minus four Celsius, which uh, Bruce and I were just discussing is about 25 degrees Fahrenheit. Uh, so do you take it all back now, Greta? No. How dare you? <laughs> she gets very angry. She doesn't look very healthy these days. She she looks about as unhealthy as uh as this right here. I know I don't know if you saw this uh yesterday, but uh this is uh David Beckham with um uh, uh Mr. uh well uh, what what the hell is this Gates, Bill Gates. Yeah, Bill Gates. It, it yeah. looks like he's growing some form of replacement organs. He's probably had had them stitched on, you know, underneath yeah. his shirt there. Yeah. Um if you if David Beckham was back a little bit it, it looked like he was uh getting ready to take a penalty uh using gates's gut as a ball because i'm, I'm telling you, you 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 talked about stitching i think there's no stronger stitching in that photo than that bottom button right there that cameraman is in uh a clear and present danger of of getting hit by a button any second yeah i agree you can actually see like how stretched all right anyway bruce how are you today yeah um, I'm healthy and alive. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in and, and dogpile a little bit and ask, is he pregnant? Is he the feminine of the relationship? Anyway. Sorry. Yeah, healthy and alive, doing well here. That's good. I don't know. That's when good. they split up, did he get did he get dibs on some of her ovum? He he just he looks terrible since the uh since the divorce. I mean, I have to go with uh with Joe Rogan on this one. You're going around and you're telling everybody that you're gonna replace all their food you're going to replace their uh, uh their meat with like these plant whatever and and you're telling people how they're gonna be healthy by taking your stuff and and drinking your water and eating your plastic bread and your gmo food and look at you you look like crap and you're gonna lecture the world about how to be healthy i don't think so yeah but they are hypocrites aren't they do as i say not as i do and and that is the way of the globalist elite, I'm afraid. Yeah, but he's got like um, Bill Gates has an unlimited supply of money. As in, I mean, let's be honest. The guy can afford the best nutrition. He can afford the best trainers in this world. He can afford the best food, and yet he looks like that. Yeah, he could also afford liposuction if he wanted. Uh, could, and yeah. That that'd give him a bit of a head start. And we could perhaps use some of that extracted fat to, um, I don't know, the size of him. We could probably heat our homes, heat Germany. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we think alike, sir. Where would you like to start today? What's uh, What's been on your radar this week? What would you like to talk about? Uh, and I do have some some uh, roads we can go down, but uh, you seem to have the notebook right there. And we haven't had prior discussions this week, except for a couple of off-topic things. I did get some phone calls from you this week, but it was... Uh, well, it was your phone that had a mind of its own, but um, it was my pocket. I pocket yeah. dialed you several times. Yeah, I apologize. That's what it was. No, it's okay. I didn't. I uh, didn't hear it had the ringer off. But yeah, what it is. By the way, first of all, last week's uh, exclusive with Ned has caused he and I to have several um, frank exchange of views over the last week, and he's right. So I'm not going to say that anything he said was wrong. It's just that. There was that long list of die-offs globally, and I think it went on for about 12 minutes. And if anyone had have listened to us just that bit, they would have thought that we were making Extinction Rebellion and Stop Oil's case for them with the amount of, of uh, damage that's happened to the to wildlife, uh, both marine life and, and land animals, uh, a particularly avian um animals if that's the right phrase and 
Ned finished off by saying it's up for other people to think about why these things are happening, because my concern was that we were really making the environmentalist uh, global warming nutjobs case for them. And that, of course, was not our intention. He doesn't need me to apologise for him. What he said was absolutely right, that it takes other people to go out and look into these things as to why they're happening and come up with their own answers, not just assume it's global warming or it's something more sinister and more deliberate. So I just wanted to mention that, and I'll probably we're probably going to have another row because I've mentioned it, but I hope not. Uh, I, I hope I've just sort of uh, put my point across. You have a meeting of the minds. I'm sure it'll come up in passing. That's true. Uh, but no, you're you're right. We don't know the reason for these things, and that is one of the things that we discussed on the phone. And and you know, I, I've been hearing about mass die-offs and and things like that. I've been hearing about that for a long time, uh, and it's it's not. Uh, it's not necessarily uh, the fault of people all the time, I should say, because there's a lot that, you know, human beings are responsible for. But how many of these mass die-offs, how many times does that occur naturally in nature? I mean, the uh, species on this planet, I think they disappear. I mean, just going by the like the numbers, even out of the 90s, before all of this hit climate hysteria and extinction rebellion and animal rebellion and all that stuff, I think we were losing, uh, I want to say it was like upwards of 200 species a day. We're dying off. Uh, and it was through no fault of uh, of people. It was just that's the way that it was. Uh, and so, yeah, but we're discovering just as many I, new species uh, on a monthly basis anyway. So I was particularly triggered by I don't know if it was on our Telegram page, but there's those pictures of the uh, wind turbines that they've been fitting in Australia that have just been hacked into the eucalyptus forest where koala bears live. Uh, and it was disgraceful looking at the amount of, uh, just so they can place these um, monstrosities that only achieve about 14% of what they want them to achieve and destroying forest as a, as a way of getting them in the place where they want them. There are better ways. But that's not actually... This kind of topic is not actually what I really wanted to talk about tonight. I doubt he listens to me. Again, this is a, a dear friend that I've known for a decade or two. And I stayed with them at the weekend. And we had snow and we had discussions. And he'd been told by his good lady not to enter into any political discussion with me because um, it never ends well for either of us. But what really pissed me off uh, was him saying, I'll pay attention when it affects me. So I've written a, a small list, and I hope we can expand upon it, about how to tell your reluctant friends just exactly how they have been affected already in the last two, two and a half years. Because people aren't seeing it. They're, they're, they're thinking, oh, none of this it, it might be true. It might be true that the globalists are, are trying to take control and organise our lives, but it hasn't affected me. Yes, it has. And since lie number one, which was COVID-19 was a zoological transfer from a bat to humans, your government, my government and your governments have locked you in your own homes, told you where you can shop killed small businesses, dramatically reduced your choices, uh, devalued your savings, spent your money in vast quantity on things that you, that we just didn't really need, such as expensive 14,000 patient hospital wards that never got used, PPE, personal protective equipment, that really wasn't needed because the virus wasn't that serious. I think Santa Claus has just gone gone over. So yeah, I'll we're going to talk about we're going to talk about him here shortly. But uh, yeah, go on. Give me one second. I'm so sorry. Yeah, so they've they've spent our money in vast quantity on things that we just don't need. They've restricted our rights to 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 get married because of lockdowns and restrictions. They've re, re, uh, restricted people's right to travel, and each individual has probably 
knows someone or has themselves lost someone to suicide, lost someone to uh, a serious side effects effect of mRNA gene therapy, had jabs and booster jabs um, forced on them, um, and basically been used as a lab rat. So that's just my tiny little list that I wrote in about four minutes. But there's so many other ways in which everybody has been affected by this globalist plan. And just to help the listener, I think it, it's, it might be useful if I shut up now and, and you two throw in anything that I've missed. I don't think you've missed a whole lot, to be fair. Um, they took away everybody's right to congregate and socialize. They took everybody's right away to mourn the loss of their loved ones. They actually killed your loved ones, I might add. So there, there's quite a bit uh, uh, quite a bit of blame that you can lay on that. Um, but at the end of the day, is it really their fault or is it ours? That's a good question. I don't yeah. know if you want to weigh in on that first, Bruce. Uh, I, I would also throw in they're removing they removed during uh the, this whole process as johnny said the the freedom would congregate but here in the states we have freedom of religion as well and that was completely stifled and now we just had the uh disrespect for marriage act that was just passed that's going to legalize lgbt groups to sue churches and so forth for not um uh, giving them a, a wedding or you know um it's going to basically open them up for lawsuits. So now your freedom of religion is being stifled even more uh, and cracked down on. So that's another avenue. Well, I think that any genuine couple, regardless of their gender, sexuality, whichever letter of the alphabet they've decided to identify as, would want to get married in a church where they were not welcome. But you're right, someone, some malicious individual will do that and they will sue out of malice when the the pastor the vicar the the reverend the priest or whatever decides that no i'm not going to marry you because it's against my values and the values of our particular sect of christianity they're already so, doing it for businesses so it's not much of a stretch to start doing it to churches oh yeah yeah, it, it it will happen, and when it does happen, it needs to be broadcast widely exactly why it's happening and nipped in the bud, so that no self-respecting judge. What I'm laughing as I'm saying, self-respecting judge. Do do we actually have any anymore? Um, because I don't think we do. If we did, they'd be very busy, and uh, a lot more of these lawsuits uh, about vaccine injury. And about, um, you know, the removal of informed consent and all those things would have come to the fore. But is it our, Johnny's original question was, is it our fault or is it theirs? As in, is it the globalist elite or is it our fault for letting it happen? It's certain groups of society uh, are to blame for letting, for letting it happen. The police, for one. The police have enforced these ridiculous restrictions that governments across the globe suddenly started following direct from the World Health Organization and, and organizations like that, and that, that they shouldn't have enforced those unlawful, ridiculous uh, restrictions. So they're to blame. Who else is to blame? Doctors and nurses are to blame as well. More could have spoken out. More could have been courageous and stop these things from happening. There are other sections of society, and as you go through them, anyone that has got any kind of influence over our lives, because we've we've put them there, they're civil servants, they're, they're there to do a job for us, but they haven't done that job, because kind of rule one of that job is, is to protect the public, not to decimate their businesses, give them experimental drugs, lock them away from their loved ones, find them when they're just going about their normal lawful business, all of those things. So, yes, parts of society are to blame for what's happened. But I think your average Joe in the street, someone who works in retail, someone who works in manufacturing, they're not to blame. They can't be to blame because they've got that they've they've given their power over to other parts of society which is why they're to blame 
because they gave their power. Yes, their and we've all done over. that. Everyone, every we've country in the world well. has done that. Yeah, but we, we the people, have abdicated as well by doing nothing. We've allowed it. I mean, these people yeah, have power. Like, all I mean, the only reason these people have power is because we allow them to have it. Yeah, here in the United States, um, no incumbent Senate uh, senator lost. Um, this is the first time in American that's history. Not possible. To have, that's not. That's just yeah. like that's statistically impossible. It's it's statistically that does not happen, especially when Congress is it's the least trusted in our history, and yet every senator was reelected. Either people aren't out there. Uh, voting their conscience or, well, I mean, it's also possibly that uh, our, our elections are the freest and most secure they've ever been. Uh, so there's, there is also that. But everything that has led up to this point, in my opinion, is groups have not, groups of people, the individual has not stood up and resisted this. They've just kind of complicitly al allowed it to happen. Why uh, another, as a, as a side note, <laughs> This is kind of a, my soapbox. Why has there not been more family, uh, like parents going out there and protesting things like, I don't know, these uh, drag queen story hours where they're flaunting, uh, you know, they're in thongs, flaunting their genitalia in front of kids. This is illegal. And, and we don't have law enforcement there. We don't have parents there protesting in mass. These these events aren't being shut down by the the uh, venue themselves. This is this is all going on and it's being allowed to go on. So I can't allow just the average person uh, off the hook. They're to blame just as much as everything else because technically in our systems, those people are the ones in power. I'd just like to say that at most of these um, these events that you're talking about, the police are there, uh, but they're keeping the counter protesters away. Yes, they're they're protecting the uh, pedophiles uh, getting at your kids. There's been <laughs> there's been instances where uh, these uh, drag queens are allowing the kids to feel up their fake breasts and uh other parts of their body in front of their parents and everyone else and everyone's laughing and applauding and hey, it's cute yeah you're right that 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 is wrong uh that that should not be happening in schools if that is indeed what's happening but what it is is most people wouldn't associate that with a globalist plan to control your life, to reduce our population numbers dramatically, they wouldn't associate that event with... I'm not saying it's not a serious problem, um, although I'm, I'm about to counter that point in a minute. I'm not saying it's not a serious problem, but it's not the one that I want my friend to suddenly wake up and realise it is affecting you. You know, it's 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 the it's the other things. The fact that we're paying three times for our heating, lighting, electricity, you know, gas and electric now than we were, and we don't need to be, but we've been forced down that road by our corrupt governments. But I don't know. Maybe the UK. Uh, I don't know if it happens anywhere else, but I think it's one of our traditions, and it's this time of year. The pantomime. There's always a dame or sometimes even two dames in a pantomime. For instance, Cinderella, the ugly sisters, are always played by two men. Um, Widow Twanky in Aladdin is played by a man. And these dames are funny, and they are overtly sexual without using... They, they, it's all innuendo. And isn't it funny that innuendo is actually an innuendo? Um, uh, so, you know, we, we've had this tradition... For, for a long time. And if someone's there dressed as a dame and reading a funny story to kids, they've grown up with that. They they, they really have. But if someone's in bondage gear in a, a revealing G-string or whatever, then that's where it, it's wrong. I, despite my right-wing views, I'm all for acceptance. Uh, and you know my, my views on religion. And I'm all for acceptance. But some of the things, some of the things that are being foisted on society at the moment in terms of what we have to not only just accept, but actively seem to enjoy and engage in is wrong. That's the problem. If I don't, you know, if an individual doesn't want to have their child 
uh, read a story by a drag queen, then that's something the school needs to ask before the goddamn event, excuse my French, happens. You know, it needs to. Ha- it needs that consultation, and that would give people the opportunity. But no, because the school won't ask the parents because they they know what the answer will be, particularly in parts of America, the Bible Belt, Midwest. The answer is going to be no. But the local government, probably Democrat, is forcing these these education organisations to put these kind of events on, and that's where it's wrong. And just to clarify, it's also happening in they're they're throwing these events at pubs, uh, like a bar and grill kind of scenario where you typically libraries. don't have your kids anyway. Libraries, yeah, the the drag queen story hours are happening at libraries. That's going um, on all but, across the UK too. Yeah. So the yeah. the thing is, is if 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 it were just uh, them acting in a play or them uh, reading stories, but being properly dressed and the stories were you know acceptable you know and by that i don't mean it's it's got the sexual nonsense that's that's going on uh and they're not sexualizing kids or or confusing them with gender uh fluidity and all that kind of stuff as long as that none of that was going on i don't really have a problem with it if if, as long as the parents were notified and, and given an opportunity to you know, decline or, or something like that. The problem is, and you're right, this is all a globalist system. This this is this is Marxism. This is a they're they're pushing this on the kids, causing them to be gender confused. And then they tell the kids, see, this is the problem. Your parents don't understand. Your parents are the problem. Listen to us. We'll help you. And then it, they get them more attached to the state. And it, so yeah, it, it it is a globalist plot. It is uh, the same thing. People don't understand the same thing with abortion and contraceptives. Why do you think those exist? Where did those come from? They have literally said back in the past, back in the 60s, this is where it came from. It, it was a Marxist idea to try to control populations. Well, technically, it wasn't Marxist at the at that time, but Marxist globbed onto it as well. So it, it it's a globalist plot. It has been for a very long time. And they've just convinced people now that it's women's health or women's rights or you know it's convenience or whatever and no it's it's all about controlling populations yeah you know we we've talked about this uh, a little while ago but ex- extremists are opportunists as are mainstream politicians they're opportunist and if they can see a chance to make those little minorities add up into a big majority They'll, they'll take that option as well. But it seems to have gone full circle. And again, I didn't intend to get into this discussion about this particular part of our problems. Do, do you know where the word drag comes from? What it actually means? No, other than the fact, like, obviously, I've heard of like drag race, but and I'm not talking about the uh, the show that's on TV, but uh, I'm, I mean, like, comes, like the race cars. It comes from uh, scripts in stage plays. Enters stage left dressed as girl drag. That's where it comes from. Okay. We didn't used to let women on stage. All of the parts of women in Shakespeare's plays when Shakespeare was alive were played by men and they were effeminate men and they made a career out of it. So it's kind of like we've gone full circle. I've even met uh, a lesbian lady who was in drag. She was dressed as a girl uh, in a bar. She was one of the... I accidentally walked into a gay bar. I Honestly, it was a complete accident. Uh, but I had a great time. I was just trying to find a cab. And I thought, I'll go and ask in there if there's a taxi rank nearby. And it's not the only gay bar I've been in, obviously. But in this particular case, it was an accident. And they were going to have a quiz and stuff. And I, I wanted to stay. But in the end, I just had a drink and left. But, you know, it's not so much for me, the issue isn't whether someone's in drag or not, but it's whether or not it's appropriate at the time. Yeah. We've had it right the way through through our history in this country in particular with pantomimes, with Shakespeare, even some very famous uh, comedians like uh, Danny LaRue, singer and comedian. Danny LaRue was always in, in drag. Yeah, um, unfortunately he didn't make it he didn't make it to the no he's he's not he's not anything like as flamboyant as someone like lily savage 
which is another well that's his the the drag name and i can't even remember the guy's name he he's a a, a liverpudlian comedian really really funny who else dame edna Everidge, Everidge australian uh barry humphreys is the, is the guy's name and but he does lots of different characters one of which is this over-the-top snobbish uh australian dame Ed, edna Everidge. so we've got a history of it it's something that's been part of entertainment for a long time. I see no reason why it should be banned and stamped out, but it certainly shouldn't be overtly sexual inside schools, libraries, you know, kids' diners, because it's probably happening without full parental information and consent. Unfortunately, it's it's happening by with full parental consent yes, it is. because the parents are taking the kids with them. They're the messed up ones, yeah. You know, I uh, to that point, I, I remember back in the 90s, we have this show that used to be funny. It used to be really good uh, back in, well, it's still on today. It's called Saturday Night Live. Bruce, you've at least heard of that. And a lot of the comedians that you see, and it's a comedy show, it's a stage comedy show. And, and a lot of those sketches that they do on there, they'll bring on like a celebrity for the week, whoever that is, you know, in, in another, you know, singer or something like that. And they'll do sketches with the cast and everything. And a lot of the, uh, the the comedians there were that have been on that show have gone on to become big movie stars. Guys like John Belushi, Dan Aykroyd, you know the Blues Brothers, Chevy Chase, Bill Murray, uh, what's his name, Harold Ramis. Uh, the, these guys they they were all on Saturday Night Live. That's where they got their start. Uh, Rob Schneider. Um, Mike Myers, the guy that played, uh, what's his name, Austin Powers. And, and to that point, Mike Myers, back in the 90s when he was on that show, he used to dress up as a woman and play a specific role. And it was hilarious. It was absolutely hilarious to watch that as a kid. And another guy named John Goodman. I don't know, Marty, do you know who John Goodman is? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Roseanne show. Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah, that's the one. He used to go on there back in the 90s, back during the Clinton uh, time, you know, when the Clintons were were in office uh, in the U.S. And he used to play John Goodman. He used to dress up as Linda Tripp, which was <laughs> the Clinton lawyer. <laughs> and it was hilarious to watch that. So, yeah, I mean, there was nothing about that, you know, directed at like kids or nothing sexual or anything like that. It was just a comedy show. And it was hilarious uh, the way that that stuff was put together. And we used to watch that. Like as a family, you know, on Saturday night and and it wasn't, uh, you know, and it was, you know, parents were there and everything. And it was it, we all laughed. It was funny. So, yeah, it's a completely different, uh, completely different thing. I've, I've just thought of another one. He was obviously a very gay man, um, you know, as opposed to just being gay. He was gay, which was um, he had a character and his name will come to me in a moment. But the. The character's name with a big moustache, because he had a beard and moustache, this guy. And why can't I think of his name? But the character uh, was Cupid Stunt. It's obviously a, a Spoonerism joke there. And uh, I'm going to have to uh, to look him up. <laughs> why can't I remember this guy's name? He was hilarious. Saturday night, he was always, always there. And the joke was Cupid Stunt would say, and then all my clothes fell off. But it was all done in the best possible taste. And they do this big sweeping thing with the legs while they crossed and uncrossed their legs. And why can't I think of his name? My age is terrible. I should really remember. I want to say Eddie, but it's not Eddie. What show was he on? His own show. He had his own show. Okay. Well, I see one from like 82. It's Kenny Everett in this one. Kenny Everett, not Eddie. Kenny Everett. That's it. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. All right, so let's let's change gears here a little bit. Let's uh, let's move to uh, another aspect of this uh, this horrible, god awful agenda, shall we? Marty, what do you think about uh, what Elon Musk is doing over at Twitter? These uh, these revelations that he's posting. I mean, we've been talking about that this week. What what are your thoughts on that? And he's got more coming. He says that his latest pronouns are "prosecute Fauci." And in our intro, you say basically the same thing. You've been saying that for a while now. What are your um, thoughts I'm on, warming, on what's going on? I'm warming to Elon. Not that I've warmed to many South Africans. I have a few South African friends, but. Uh... <laughs> That's a bit unfair. I'm warming to him because I liked that that move, just that one move alone. Every time I get an email from high up bosses within my company, and it's got their pronouns after their name, and they are most of them are that, conformist. Are of course they are. Oh my! Of God. course they are. So I changed my pronouns on on LinkedIn 
because I had the option to do it and I changed it to not late for dinner. So basically you can call me whatever you like, just not late for dinner. So yeah, I haven't been on Twitter recently, but I have seen that uh, Musk is is sort of, it's a bit of a strip tease, isn't it? Because he could just flood it with everything and let us let us all in on it, and the whole twatterati could could suddenly be educated properly about what's been happening, rather than their libtard lefty viewpoint that the old twatter um, encouraged. So I'm I'm warming to him, but I still don't trust him. So to be fair, in in this case, there's a lot of data they're going through. And they're finding that there's still staff that are problematic uh, because um, <laughs> one of the, the delays for one of the first releases was because the ex-FBI lawyer, uh, I forget what the guy's name is, he Kenny was, Everett. yeah, he was, uh, he was in front, uh, he, he was blocking some of the data coming out and we're not sure he didn't delete some of the data that was uh, that involved the FBI because you know that's what he was there to do so uh they fired him and then uh here lately it's uh come out that uh the left was all in a, a tizzy about um his banning of the flight tracker uh, account that's been tracking him mercilessly his flights and he banned their account well it just came out that part of the reason that he banned that account was his kid was getting stalked and the stalker also jumped on top of the car uh as well so he's going to be filing lawsuits apparently and taking legal action against those so there's a it sounds like there's a lot going on in in uh elon's world so i'll, I'll cut him a little slack it looks like he's trying to be a good dad so i'll i'll give him a little bit of slack there but we must accept, and you can, you know, say what you like about the opinion I'm about to express. When you're that rich and you've got that rich through other people's money, um, which he has, um, and, you know, the the car sales or, sorry, the value of Tesla, given how few cars it was producing about three, four years ago, just before the pandemic, but that company was still suddenly worth more than Ford somehow. And so he has to be integrated into the whole Davos group, the whole conspiracy. And it is a conspiracy against us. So I'd use it in that term, not a tinfoil hat wearing uh, idea. So he, has, he, has he finally reached what I like to call his threshold and decided to rebel against it and it's the same question when it comes to Zelensky and Putin both of which were young global leaders uh and and now are at war with each other and so far that war is fulfilling all of the requirements of the globalists because it's making everybody pay a fortune for their energy bills, get more into hock, get more reliant on government for handouts and hope that the government's going to solve our energy problems, which are being created. So whatever Elon Musk is doing, I'm dubious and slightly uh, suspicious of the motives because it, it if it was... All at once, here's the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And once it's out there, you know, publish and be damned. But it's not. It's dripping out bit by bit. And that tells me that there's a level of manipulation happening. And I, I just don't know. I have completely lost faith in rich people and politicians. Uh, and, and that's the problem. I now see anything that's coming from a rich person or a politician as probably a lie. Well, the uh, the reasoning behind, it, at least from his standpoint, and again, uh, this is not a, a a defense of of the guy or anything like that. I'm just kind of looking at it, uh, you know, because I'm I'm of two minds about it. I'm with you on what you said. At the same time, uh, we also need to see this information that's coming out. Uh, and he's had a good track record. I mean, I, I said yesterday, the guy's exposed more than the mainstream media has. And I'm not talking about just the United States. I'm talking about all of the mainstream media worldwide combined. 
he's exposed more than they've ever done, uh, at least, you know, in our in our lifetime. He's done more to expose these people than Donald Trump did. So, again, well, at the same time, this is the same guy that wants to, uh, you know, do the whole Neuralink thing and, and stick a chip in your head and all the rest of it. So, I mean, I'm not I'm not for that aspect of it, but um, we, we've got to see this information. We've got to see what went on at Twitter. And I missed a key point yesterday. Because DeSantis down in Florida, they're launching their case against the government apparatus and Fauci and the rest of these people. And I understand that. And when he talked about if you go through and you look at Google and you look at Facebook, you'll find that the same policies were in effect in those companies. And that's true. The reason you'll find that those companies were first to implement those policies is because their names are on the ledger for funding that Wuhan lab. So, of course, they're going to suppress that information when something goes wrong with that. They helped fund the damn place in the first place. So, yeah, I, I get what he's doing. I, I understand what he's doing. But at the same time, again, we've got to see, at least if it's put to the court of public opinion, I'm not I'm not really too concerned about what the, the response is going to be from our governments, because I'm with you on that one. I don't see any action because what are they going to do? They're going to prosecute themselves. You know, I mean, that's that's what they've done. The globalist types, the, the Klaus Schwab's, the World Economic Forums, they've put the governments in a very bad position. They set them up to take the fall. But the problem is, is that we can actually like they, we can blame the governments all day long. It's not them. Those people are idiots. They're absolute idiots. It's the people that are behind them that are the problem. So we can blame the governments because that's who we're meant to blame. But at the end of the day, I'm not blaming them because, as I said, they're just idiots. They're fools, you know, for going along with it in the first place. So you go along well, to get along. You're going to get done. What, what was it that Yuri Bezmenov said? You remember what he said? This is what he had to say about all of those people, all of the academics, all of the intellectuals, all the politicians, all of the lobbyists and everybody else, all of you people with your beautiful, noble ideas of equality and social justice and all the rest of it, what happens to you? Listen. But to eliminate the others, to execute the others, don't they serve some purpose? Wouldn't they be the no, ones they, they rely they on? They serve purpose only at the stage of destabilization of a nation. For example, your leftists in the United States, all these professors and all these beautiful civil rights defenders, they are instrumental in the process of the, of the uh, uh, subversion only to destabilize the nation. When their job is completed, they are, non, they are not needed anymore. They know too much. Some of them, when, when they get disillusioned, when they see that Marxist-Lenin has come to power, they, obviously they get offended. They think that they will come to power. That will never happen, of course. They will be lined up against the wall and shot. I got some bad news for all of you people that went along with this. You don't make it. Yeah, the, <laughs> but the point I should have made earlier when you were talking about your Senate and how none of the standing senators lost. They all got re-elected. They may be idiots, but our government, our MPs, are quitting in droves. They are saying they will not stand in the next election. And that is an exercise in distancing themselves from the shitstorm that is going to come down on government sometime soon. So... They have been stupid in that they went along with it, but they're, they've now shown some real common sense by getting out as soon as they possibly can. And something else, uh, it's connected, but it's not exactly connected. There was a debate on vaccine injury um, in the Houses of Parliament this time, not in one of the side debating chambers, which was on whether or not there should be a, uh, a full public inquiry into vaccine injury. This one was in the Houses of Parliament uh, and there were like six people in the entire Houses of Parliament, about three on each side. Yes, as a matter of fact, I, uh, I have some of uh, what MP Andrew uh, Bergden, or Brigan, whatever. Um, he said it's a strange name, but I have uh, I have a little bit of uh, what he said last night in the Houses of Parliament uh, that I would like to play. A couple of things here, and then I've also got a a clip from a um, uh, one of your top cardiologists uh, in the country. Uh, he's made his own little video and uh, his two cents on the matter that he posted to his Twitter account because he's allowed to post it there now. So we'll play this uh, and then we'll take your uh, responses unless you have something to say before. No? Okay. In 2015, a commentary by Richard Horton, editor-in-chief of The Lancet, suggested that possibly half 
of the published medical literature may simply be untrue. He wrote that science has taken a turn towards darkness and asked who is going to take the first step to clean up the system. Well, Madam Deputy Speaker, that first step could start this evening with, with this debate. It starts here, and the vaccine minister and the government ensuring in the first instance that there needs to be an immediate and complete suspension of any more COVID vaccines and their use of mRNA technology. Madam Deputy Speaker, silence on this issue is, is more contagious than the virus itself. Um, and I'd also, now so should courage be. And I would implore all the scientists, the medics, the nurses, and those in the media who, uh, who know the truth about the harm these vaccines are causing to our people to speak out. Madam Deputy Speaker, we've already sacrificed, in my view, far too many of our citizens on the altar of ignorance and unfettered corporate greed. Uh, last week, the MHRA authorised these experimental vaccines for use on children as young as six months. A report, which I've already quoted in a Westminster Hall debate some weeks ago by the Journal of American Medical Associations, studying the effects of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccination on children under five years of age, shows that one in 200 had an adverse event, which resulted in hospitalisation and had symptoms that lasted longer than 90 days. As the data clearly shows, to anyone who wants to look at it, the mRNA vaccines, they're not safe. They're not effective and they're not necessary. I implore the government to halt their use immediately. And as I've demonstrated, and the data clearly shows, the government's current policy on the mRNA vaccines is on the wrong side of medical ethics. It's on the wrong side of scientific data. And ultimately, Madam Deputy Speaker, it will be on the wrong side of history. And you see how interested there, there the, uh, the MPs are. This, this, that picture... We need that putting on the Telegram page if it's, it's not there. there already. It's already there. It's already there. We can count them. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven people, including the speaker, for that debate, for something that important. That's the problem with my government. They both the 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 cabinet and the shadow cabinet are totally implicated throughout this entire crime against humanity. And they just haven't turned up for this debate. So I find that totally disgusting. He was the chap who opened the debate uh, on whether there should be an inquiry. And again, there hasn't been the public inquiry. There's been no news of it. And the chair of that debate gabbled the vote at the end. And I, despite spending an hour and a half watching it, I couldn't tell you what the outcome of the debate was. Right. So uh, I have another clip here of uh, this uh, MP, and he's talking about how a prominent leader of the British Heart Foundation has conspired to cover up some research regarding mRNA jabs. You never would have guessed that one, would you? No, of course not. Here's what he had to say. Madam Deputy Speaker, it's also been brought to my attention by a whistleblower from a very reliable source that one of these institutions is covering up clear data that reveals the mRNA vaccine increases inflammation of the heart arteries. They are covering this up in fear that they may lose funding from the pharmaceutical industry. The lead of that cardiology, cardiology research department has a prominent leadership role uh, with the British Heart Foundation. And I'm very disappointed to say that, that he has sent out non-disclosure agreements to his research team to ensure that this important data never sees the light of day. This, Madam Deputy Speaker, is, is an absolute disgrace. So well, who'd have thunk it, eh? A prominent scientist, doctor, physician covering stuff up. And, and I'm, not, I'm not at all surprised. But the problem is all of these research scientists are dependent on funding from Big Pharma. So, of course, their results will always present the next uh, big thing in pharmaceutical advancement as being the only thing and the right thing and the best thing. That's the problem. The way in which our scientists are funded leaves them wide open to corruption. And lastly, well, of course, I can't say lastly because we've got uh, something good to end on. But uh, lastly, with this, um, 
I have a uh, a clip here of one of your top doctors. Uh, he since again since since he's allowed to post on Twitter now. Uh, I was wrong. This is not a cardiologist. This is an orthopedic surgeon, uh, Doctor Ahmed Malik. He's um, speaking on this gentleman that uh, just spoke in the Houses of Parliament. This was what he had to say about what should be done about these jabs. Quite a lot of us have been very concerned about the mass rollout of an experimental, novel medical intervention to millions, if not billions of people around the world without proper long-term safety data. And over the last couple of years, we've seen increasing number of people um, with injuries, with adverse side effects, an increasing number of cancers, neurological conditions, heart disease, clots, and now this bombshell revelation by the MP Andrew Bridgens talking about covering up data about the safety of the mRNA vaccines. Like Dr. Asim Mahotra has said, we really need to suspend the rollout of these vaccines. We need to stop and do a proper investigation to find out what is going on. Well, well said that surgeon. You know, surgeons don't get called doctor. I did not they know get that, called, no. They get called Mr. in this country anyway. So you'd refer to him as Mr. Malik um, because he's a surgeon. There's also a little bit of snobbery involved within the medical profession that see orthopedic surgeons in particular as as sore bones and you know they may not be as bright as others but i i currently owe my mobility to a very good orthopedic surgeon i've got two titanium knees uh which were only recently fitted and i've got nothing but the utmost respect for surgeons and doctors who speak the truth and mr malik there was speaking the truth and hopefully someone will follow that up swinging back slightly to elon musk and i can't remember if we said this at the time uh, when we were talking about him earlier but we've been crying out for someone who is going to lead us someone who is going to take us on we know that the political side of things is a waste of space so perhaps it needs to be uh you know some uber rich billionaire to, to show us the way uh, and that we can rally round to fight the rest of them. So jury's still out on Elon Musk, but we have been asking for a long time now, who can we trust? Who can, who can follow us? Uh, sorry, who can lead us? Who can we follow to really take this fight to them? Maybe it is Elon and maybe it's people like Mr. Malik. I would just add in, um, when it comes to... The whole situation with Elon Musk, I have talked him up a bit. I think the stuff that he's done has been quite good for at least uh, speech. And I think some of the other the other things he's done, uh, as an example, the doctors that were all banned for uh, speaking out about COVID, they've been reinstated. Uh, many of them have. I can't say all of them because obviously I'm I'm not at the helm, so I don't know if that's all of them. But I know a good portion of them, especially the well-known ones that have been uh, outspoken on this, have been reinstated. I think uh, that's going to be good for all of us. If he continues down this road, uh, on the surface, at least the stuff that he talks about or, or you know, has said in interviews and everything leads me to believe that as a billionaire, he may be a bit, you know, um, eccentric or, 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 you know, a bit odd and a bit, um, he, he seems like an outcast in the billionaires, uh, class though. It, it seems like he's trying to do right in his own way for the people, whether or not that's, uh, driven by a greater principle, a greater motive, or if that's just, uh, that's just it. Um, I don't know. And I actually hope it is to a greater foundation, something greater than just I'm doing this because, you know, whatever. Uh, I'm hoping he does have a greater motive behind that. Uh, but like, I don't know, wants to uh, further human the human race as an example. That would be a good motive. Um, I, I certainly think he does think along those lines. Uh, and that's why he's so convinced that these uh, internal chips uh, and stuff are, are the way ahead, but they are so not. And a, another thought has just popped into my head without the aid of any electronics. 
And and it's I'm old enough to remember when the UK went to decimalisation. So we went from pound, shilling, and pence immediately to uh, you know pennies, the five pence piece, the ten pence piece, the fifty pence piece, and overnight prices went up because they could, and they went up by between four and ten percent simply because we'd changed our counting system from you know a. I think it was uh, 120 or 224 pennies to the pound to 100 pennies to the pound. And overnight, our prices went up. The same is going to happen. And, and this is what history teaches us to do. It teaches to analyze a set of circumstances and data and predict what is going to happen. If they are successful in doing away with cash and everything moves to a digital currency, prices will rise. Whenever they change a currency, everything goes up. And it's imperceptible at first until you check your bank account at the end of the month and realise you've got sweet Fanny Adams left. No offence, Bruce. (laughs) That's rather benign. But again, Bruce's explanation of Musk's motives is the benign way of looking at things, and I'm hoping he's right. The not-so-benign thing is that his ego is driving him onto this because he's realised that his part in the overall plan isn't as big as he was hoping for. That would be the least benign. Um, maybe, maybe not. He he did tweet the other day. I, I did see this. He said that uh, because he, he's been getting all kinds of pushback and, and things like that. People have been tweeting to him. Why are you releasing all this information? Why are you incriminating all these people? And he says, look, if we don't do this, then civilization doesn't survive and everything becomes irrelevant. Uh, that's been our standpoint from the start of this thing. If we don't do this, we're all going to go down. As in like, we're, well, we're like- not going to come out of this. It's like that Russian defector. What was his name? Beshimov? Besmanov. Yuri Besmanov. Besmanov. It's like he was saying, to paraphrase him, you lot, you useful idiots, you don't make it. So that's quoting you. You know, that that's a, that's a serious truth bomb. And that was delivered by the looks of the, the cinematography on that. That interview took place in the 70s. 1984. Fitting year. It was 84. Oh, sorry. It's just your your American television always looks old to us because we get so many repeats. Uh huh. So, um, yeah. Anyway, I'm all um, done. Well, you said we had a surprise. We had, yeah. I've got a surprise. Go ahead. Before we before we go to the surprise, I do want to I do want to put forth if if Elon Musk, if all he's doing is this is an ego trip, I'm fine with that. You know why? I'm I'm personally I'm I'm okay with it because it benefits us. It benefits us in the in the moment, and I'm fine with using someone uh, to further our agenda. Because here's the thing: us on the right, we have been so unwilling to do this to use people to our benefit for our agenda for so long that what agenda do we have left now? What do we have left to fight for? We're fighting for everything at this point. We're, we're losing on on so many different fronts, and the left has consistently constantly just use people to their advantage to put further their agenda. I would much rather get to a uh, better future where people aren't being executed and killed off because uh, they're depressed or they're unwilling to take a vaccination or something like that. Uh, Canada has killed over 10,000 people that we know of just from their MAID program, medically assisted uh, in death or medical assistance in death or something like that. In other words, assisted suicide. Over 10,000. They've had more deaths, more executions than they have actual COVID deaths now uh, Uh, for last year. You're you're right to think that way. Not that you need my endorsement, but um, you have to learn from your from your enemy. They are our enemy. And if they are opportunists and will use any, you know, voice that they can get or image that they can get hold of, then we have to do the same. Well said, both of you. Uh, and now on to the uh, the final. Uh, well, let's let's just say what it is. It's, this is the cherry on top of the cake for uh, tonight's conversation. Marty, last year, right, because this is the this is the holidays, right? This is the time of Christmas cheer and and all that last year. You were into the Christmas spirit. This year, you're into the Christmas spirit. You built the um, uh, the set for the uh, the kids to do their Christmas play and everything. And did you say you wrote a song too? 
I did. I wrote a song. It's called We Are the Hillside Shepherds. Uh-huh. And I, I went to watch the nativity at the local school um, yesterday. And I've got to say, you know, uh, excuse my big headedness, but they put the most effort and energy into my song than any of the other ones. So I was really pleased. So Good. my ego was Good. stroked. That's um, fantastic. That is fantastic. Yeah. I'm, I'm so glad to hear that. And and you get into the uh, the holiday spirit every year. As a matter of fact, last year you played Father Christmas as well for the same uh, uh, no, no. Two years before, because so, well, we lost COVID. a year. Yeah, we lost a year. We yeah, lost right. a year. Yeah. yeah. So you played Father Christmas, and I, I know that you are you play that role very well. And I thought that this year perhaps you could be in the Christmas spirit enough to maybe play Father Christmas again. And to that point, I have to ask. Well, actually, you know what? I'm I'm not going to ask. I'm going to let your your health security agency tell you that since you're going to be playing Father Christmas and since you have played Father Christmas and you're into the holiday spirit, exactly what you should do in order to be prepared for the holidays. This is not a joke. This is not some kind of a of a spoof or a um, a Photoshop thing or something. They actually put taxpayer money into what I'm about to play. It was a cold winter's eve, and someone very special was carefully checking their Christmas list for things they still needed to do. (laughs) After one too many mince pies, he slowly gets out of his chair, then quickly hurries to the local vaccination centre somewhere in, um, South London, where he finds a sack full of centres from all around the world, waiting for exactly the same thing. How convenient. And who might be administering the vaccines, I wonder? Well, it's none other than Dr. Hillary, the celebrity doctor from the TV. Splendid. It was all over faster than you can say Rudolph, and Santa didn't feel a thing. Now that it's done, Santa can finally cross it off his list and get on with the important things this Christmas, like spreading joy and delivering all the presents. <laughs> Boost your immunity this winter with the flu and COVID-19 vaccines. Words fail me. Words absolutely <laughs> fail me. You could see my face throughout that. And yeah, when Shillery turned up... <laughs> When he, like oh, that look man. of disgust. <laughs> yeah, I've been getting emails every couple of days from the NHS saying, you're entitled to a flu vaccine and you're entitled to the COVID booster. Well, I'm I'm not entitled to a booster because I haven't had the other ones. And do you know what? I can't even be bothered to have uh, a flu vaccine because they only um, go uh, or are useful against a certain number of strains not anymore we haven't played this uh this week because it's just the usual like uh, wooden xylophone sounds because it wouldn't be very beneficial for the listener but uh the world economic forum has put out a a new advertisement in their brand new universal flu vaccine that is going to be tailored to every single strain that we know of and it's going to employ the same mrna technology that COVID 19 vaccines use in that case, I'm even more pleased that I've declined the flu vaccine because uh-huh. I couldn't guarantee what was going into my arm. So they can foxtrot Oscar as far as I'm concerned. And I hope everyone else tells them the same thing. But yeah, thanks for that cheery I had uh, video. I've been holding that all week. <laughs> Christmases and elves and an unmitigated c- <laughs> All right. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. We'll see you next week. Yes. Oh, yes. Be the last one. Oh, hang the, on. Uh, is, last yes, one before Christmas. Yeah, last one before Christmas. I'm actually going Christmas shopping tomorrow. I like to leave it as late as possible because you get some really good bargains at the um, petrol stations in the shops. And I think it's a head torch this year. In fact, 
um, everyone needs a head torch this year. Uh, I actually have one. I, I have two, actually. It was one re- recommended by GP, and it's a great one, uh, to be honest with you. Um, I, I have to say, I genuinely hope, I genuinely hope that you run into some of those um, uh, Extinction Rebellion or Animal Rebellion individuals so you can spread them some holiday cheer. Oh, oh! You hope I do. You want I, me or, in jail? Or just stop Christmas, oil. Yeah, you? Or just stop oil. You, you want me incarcerated for Christmas? That's, well, they wouldn't that's lock up Chris rotten. Kringle, would they? No, but they'd they'd lock up a fifty-something-year-old man that has just chinned about five or six libtards. <laughs> so, thanks. Anyway. We need to go. Yeah, we need to go. Ho, ho, ho. Uh, we'll, yeah, we'll see you next week. For those of you who'd like to send us some feedback, please do so anytime by sending us an email at dynamicpodcast at protonmail.com. Also, do you like the podcast you're listening to? We do love having you as a listener, and we would ask you to pass this along to five friends. You know someone you're trying to wake up and get them to think on their own? We would appreciate it very much if you would send them our direction. It's been an absolute pleasure, gentlemen. Thank you both for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great weekend. We will see you on Monday. Monday.